What's up, friends? Welcome to Peloton. We always work this hard because we are Peloton, and together we go far. Remember, you are not alone. I'm right there with you. Progress, not perfection. You've done the hardest part. This is Peloton. Hey, everybody. I am Tunde Oyunane, and welcome to Fitness Flipped, a Peloton Studios original. It's the show all about flipping the script on the things we think we know about fitness. Today, we're talking about how to make competition work for us. For so many of us, competition can be so scary. So many of us know what it's like to be on the losing end of competition, whether it's coming up last in a race or not even making the race or the team. I will say loudly that that is myself. I never made the team. Or whether it's the idea that you put yourself up for promotion at work and then you got passed over by a colleague. It is tough, and it can be so hard to get over. That kind of competition or that kind of thinking about competition can make the idea of competing so very daunting because nobody ever wants to be second best. Even when winning, let's say you're in a class, you're on the leaderboard. Being number one on the leaderboard is just not within your cards today or maybe ever. Why do we still allow ourselves to be embarrassed by that? Why not look at competition as an opportunity to show up as our absolute best? Put yourself out there, believe in yourself, and give your very best. So today, let's flip the script on competition. Healthy competition is our internal invitation to level up in our own lives. Why not use competition as this vessel that allows us to be self-motivated and move into the best version of ourselves? I look at competition as an opportunity to level up versus something that makes me feel bad about my growth, my progress, my success. In today's episode, we're going to explore that. We're going to talk about how we reframe our thinking. As Simone Biles says, I was going to say as my friend Simone Biles says, but I've never actually met her. But in my head, we're sisters. As my sister Simone Biles says, a successful competition for me is always going out there and putting 100% into whatever I'm doing. It's not always winning. For me, it's hitting the best sets I can, gaining confidence, having a good time, and having fun. Thanks for that, Simone. Here's what's happening on today's episode of Fitness Flip. First, we are talking to OG, original, first ever Mother Goose of Peloton. Jen Sherman is on the podcast today. We're also talking to a woman who inspires me to the core, Allison Felix. She also is the most decorated American track and field athlete in Olympic history. She knows a thing or two about competition, and she's with us today. Take a moment to let that sit. She's on the podcast. Stay tuned for it. Our expert today is Jen Sherman, Peloton's very first cycling instructor. She was essential to building Peloton's community. And and as an instructor, I'm so grateful for the foundation that she not only laid down, but she paved, baby, for all of us. She's been here since the very beginning of Peloton's unique culture of healthy and friendly competition. And as you know, you were in her class last week, as was I when she tried to kill me. 
Uh, she is still a core essential part of the community. She kicks my butt on the bike weekly. And if you haven't taken a class with Jen, you're missing out. Get your butt in her class. Jen's here to talk about Peloton's leaderboard and its role in always making sure that competition remains fierce and just as importantly, super, super fun. For those of you who don't have any idea what the leaderboard is or what I'm talking about, here's a non-infomercially, pretty much infomercially way of explaining it. The leaderboard is a key element of any Peloton class. Whether you're on the bike or on the tread, it displays your output. Your output directly measures how hard you're working within any given moment. It's the combination of your cadence and your resistance or your speed and your incline. Basically, it shows you how you stack up against other Peloton members during a class. You can always opt out of it and turn it off. But if you are looking to go for your absolute best or get in a really, really intense workout, it keeps you motivated. It creates healthy competition. And it's a super fun way to drive towards your best. So, Jen, tell us about the early days, girl. You know, from the earliest days, the live leaderboard was always a feature of the bike. The difference is when we started out, there was no one on that leaderboard. <laughs> there was no there was no community, right? So when you take it back to the earliest of live classes, you know, you have to imagine there's no one really there. No one knows about Peloton yet. There's not that many bikes sold. So on a good day, there were 50 people riding on the live leaderboard. Do you know what I mean? And that was a good day. That was like, wow, I had 40 or 50 people out there around the country riding with me out on that leaderboard. So Peloton sort of had to grow and evolve. And with that, that leaderboard grew and evolved as well. The beauty of our leaderboard is that you can tap it and you can make it disappear because there are, for many folks, the leaderboard is intimidating. The leaderboard can make some people not feel great about themselves, right? You know, depending on where you stand and where you fall or what kind of athlete you are. So I try to promote in my classes, you against you. I'm not the most competitive, let's say, quote unquote, competitive instructor on our team. I get on the bike and I want to flip that whole concept because sort of at my age, you know, I'm a little bit more mature than a lot of our other instructors in age. And I'm not even in it anymore for the competition. I'm in it for the workout, the stress release, the sweat, the community, the compatibility, the accountability, all of those other things play such a part for so many people. And again, competition can be scary for some of our people that show up. There's a lot of people that are showing up for other reasons. But here's what I'll say. When you're riding amongst a group of people, right? You're taking a live ride or even an on-demand ride. And there you are. You see yourself amongst this pack of riders who sort of, you start out the ride. And as you're moving into the ride, you're seeing who's sort of, you know, at your level, let's say, you know, the people that are right in front of you, the people that are right beneath you. You're sort of cruising along, right? And you see, you know, Mary Jo from Colorado. She's, you know, three points behind you. And all of a sudden you see her sort of pick up and take off. I have had some of my riders who don't look at these rides as a competition say to me, that sparked me. Like I saw her go flying and I kicked it up a notch. I wanted to stay with her. I wanted to stay by X rider's side. So I worked a little harder in order to do that. So that's like another way that like it can spark 
healthy competition for people who are not competitive. There are many people who are in it for the numbers straight up, and they will tell you that, right? The most competitive of athletes that are that are working really hard on our leaderboards, well, they're not shy about it. You know, output and their numbers mean everything. But t- again, I am of the school of thought that there are just as many people out there who are not interested in PRs, who are not interested in their numbers or where they rank or where they fall. And it's everything else about the bike that kind of sparks what they need. That's what gives them, that's what pushes them, just riding with friends, with a community, knowing that they're putting in the work. So I am all about you versus you, right? Because who doesn't want to get better, stronger, faster, more efficient? I don't think you could, you would ask anybody if they didn't want that. That is something that everyone strives for in life on and off the bike. But even on the bike, even if you're not a competitive human being by nature, if you didn't ever play competitive sports and it's just not in your DNA, uh, let's say to be that way, you know, small gains over time turn into big gains. And it's so satisfying to see yourself improve on output improve on stamina. All of those things are really, really gratifying. So that's sort of like the healthy competition approach that I try to take when I'm coaching in my classes. You versus you. You versus you. And only you. I love this idea of thinking of competition as a game. When you think about it as this you versus you thing, then... You are only thinking about competing with yourself and then you can actually relax and lean into the game. You guys would never believe the personal text messages that I get from my friends on a daily basis about being scared to take my class or rather being scared to take a live class because of the leaderboard. But when you make it about you and only you, then you're able to push yourself to compete with just yourself. And that itself drives you towards your best. And then when you do move into those moments where you are competing with a friend or a teammate or somebody within the community, you can more easily allow yourself to look at it as play. Play competition. I think play in competition is so healthy and so necessary in our lives. It's all about progress, not perfection. It may sound cliche, but it's so true. It is so true. It's about the small wins, patting yourself on the back for the hard work, for the accountability, for showing up and saying positive things to yourself, not beating yourself up because you see where you fall on that leaderboard. That, you know, if that's if that's how you're going to feel and that's how the leaderboard is going to make you feel, then I say, tap it and send it away. Tap it and send away. And then you're just competing against yourself. You against you, look at it that way and make those strides in that way. Jen, thank you so much for this. The question I want to put out there is, what helps you level up? Not only what helps you level up, but what pushes you forward? I think that part of what I hear in this and what I see in my own teaching is that we have to tap into our own individual motivations. Once you understand what motivates you, you can start to use the tools around you to compete at your highest level. 
Nobody else is high level. Your own. That being said, there are some people who are so out of this world in how they compete that while we will never ever compete with them, we have a whole lot to learn from them. As I said before, Allison Felix is the most decorated American and track and field athlete in Olympic history. The most decorated American. She is an advocate for maternity leave and has been advocating for athletes, including her competitors. She was one of Time Magazine's 100 most influential people in both 2020 and 2021. She's now an entrepreneur with her own footwear line, Seish. Allison Felix, thank you so much for joining us. You already know how big of a fan I am, but to have you here on the podcast with our listeners brings the biggest smile to my face. Allison, welcome. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you like when I'm not out of breath, when I'm feeling good and energized and you're just such a bright light. And so I am really ready for this conversation. Yay, me too. Thanks. I know I always say it's like so nice to sit and have a conversation with people with your eyebrows on. It's just, <laughs> yes. I feel like it's better this way. So I want to jump right into it. Allison, where do you think you would be without the competition if you were not competing? That's such an interesting question because competition has always been a part of my life. Like I come from a very competitive family. Like, you know, my brother, my dad, they growing up, they never let me win at anything. And they say that like that's what <laughs> that's what <laughs> drove me to success because, you know, I was constantly being pushed. Um, and so I'm sure I would have found some other outlet. But I love competition. And it's not so much about the person who is next to me. Honestly, it's it's really I love starting from, you know, when you come back and you're like out of shape and you're like, I, I feel like I'm dying. Like, how am I ever yes, going to reach a goal? Girl. Yes. Girl. I love the gradual progression of changing me, of evolving and seeing how far I can take it. And it's more about like that, like what are my limits? Like how can I keep pushing? And so a lot of times, yes, it looks like I'm competing with the person in the lane next to me, but oftentimes I'm trying to better myself. I'm trying to find out, okay, what what am I made of? Like how far can I go with this? So yeah. I don't know. I without competition, I I I can't even I I don't know. <laughs> I don't I'm know. looking at you right now, just smiling cheek to cheek. You love it. It's, that's what you're here to do. It's just what you're here to do. Thank you. Yeah, definitely a competitor. <laughs> yeah, I love it. When I think of success, like my definition of success has evolved and changed a lot within the last three years. Mm. So what I would describe as success three years ago versus now because of all that has happened and come to my life in the last three years, I define it differently. Before, I would have looked at it as uh, monetary value. And mm -hmm. now I think of it as, or look at it as living a fruitful life. My question for you as a competitive athlete, what or how rather has your relationship to competition evolved over the course of your career? I totally relate to what you're saying about the definition of success changing because it's absolutely happened for me. You know, my younger self, it was easy. Success looked like gold medals. It looked hmm. like world records. It was very, you know, just cut and dry. That's what it was. And when I didn't reach that mark, it was complete and utter 
devastation, having a really challenging time picking up the pieces. And I think the sense of competition as well goes there because the world was different, you know, then. I think about when I came into the sport and being a teenager and competing with women who were much older than me, and it wasn't the most friendly environment. And I think there was just a different mindset. It was like, there can only be one. You know, there can be one person who can win. There can be one person who can get media attention, one person Mm. who can be at the top of the pay scale, like all of these things. And I think there's been a shift and I feel more of a sisterhood now. And I find joy when other people have success. And so many people have paved the way for me and opened the door and mentors in my life. And I want to be able to do that same thing for someone else. And so I've, I've seen competition and the relationships evolve over the years, you know, since since I entered the sport to where it is now. I'm glad that you touched on the sisterhood because I, I see athletes like you and Naomi and Serena. And there is so much women uh, empowering women movement feel that, mm-hmm. that comes from you all and so many more. How does fierce competition pair with supporting your competitors? Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting dynamic, you know, because in one sense, we are competitors and, you know, you're going after something. But at the same time, there is a sisterhood. And I think we're pushing for a lot of the same things. You know, uh, I think about Naomi and mental health and the amazing, you know, strides that she's making and the conversation that she's brought to the forefront there. And, you know, all Serena has done, you know, and fighting for equal pay. And, you know, we're pushing for all of these same things. And I think when you come outside of this competition that's on the field of play, and you think about the bigger picture, you think about the impact and the platform and all these things that you can use. It's like, we are all on the same team. You know, we're all working together. And I think there's really power in that collective. And I think once you understand that, and sometimes it, you know, it takes a process, then you're able to work together and and to know that, you know, this, this is a true sisterhood. I think that that's what's so incredible about this time. It's not just about the sport. It's about utilizing the platform to bring everyone else up with you. Yeah, I love it. I love the time that we're in right now. I love that we've shifted and that we can be competitors when it's time, you know, and in our sports, but also support one another and, you know, being able to lend a helping hand to someone who is on their own journey, might be younger, might have just started out. I think that's really powerful. What has been most valuable in those moments where, let's say, you lost? Yeah, I think of, you know, the moment that I talk about the most defining moment of my career was the 2000 Olympic Games. You know, it was my second Olympics. I had already got a silver medal at the first Olympics. And so this felt like the rematch. And you know, it was different. The first Olympics, I was a teenager and now I'm coming back and I'm the favorite. And I'm also have, you know, a lot of obligations, expectations, you know, a lot going on. And, and I had really, you know, built this race up to be so much. And then I got another silver medal in that race. And it was just devastation. It was really dark moments. It was a lot. And it took a lot of time to get out of that. Now where I'm at in my career, I look back at that moment and I'm like, it was absolutely necessary because it prepared me for everything that was to come. And yes, it was awful going through it, but it taught me, you know, 
character. It taught me how to even deal with defeat on a really big stage and what that looks like. It taught me how to be better and how to look and evaluate, you know, every single aspect of my training, of my life and how I could improve. And so I do, I look at it as one of the greatest lessons I've learned. I'm really grateful that I did go through that because it was preparation for for later success. I'm thinking about the amount of pressure that you and your peers must face every day. I wonder, what about the days that you don't want to? Yeah. (laughs) Not because you no longer enjoy it, not because it no longer serves you, but because you no longer want to put yourself through everybody else's expectations. What about those days? And how do you prevail? Yeah. I mean, those days are really hard, but they're also the reality. Like you're going to have those days. And for me, sometimes I just put my head down and I just do the work. I just one foot in front of the other. And I'm like, this is a day. I'm having a day. You know, something might be overwhelming me or, you know, whatever is going on. And it's just like, just do the work. Just do what you're supposed to do. Just whatever the workout is and get through it. And this is a moment in time. It won't always be like this. I have a daughter and I want to show her how you overcome adversity. I want to show her what hard work looks like and how you keep moving forward when things are all over the place, you know, um, that you can still get it done. You know, being an Olympian, it's it's different. You you look at every four years, you have this opportunity, right? And everything is on this one opportunity. And you have, for me, I might have 21 seconds, mm. I might have 49 seconds to get it done. So it's so easy to make that moment so big, you know, but at the same time, I'm an expert at what I, I've ran that race a mm. million times, you know? And so I think it's coming down to, okay, what am I really doing here? For me, when I think about, okay, that's my goal. Well, it's going to take getting through these hard days. You know, you're not always going to enjoy it. And it is a job. And yes, I I love my job, but there are some days that I wake up and I don't want to go train for five hours. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I think it's just big picture. What have your biggest sacrifices been? Because to be where you are, um, it hasn't come without sacrifice. For sure. I would say time with family, you know, missing big events. My seasons are all pretty much overseas. And so I've traveled for, you know, a big, big part of the year and um, not being able to be present. I think that's been the biggest thing in my life. Always having to be training, always having to be gone. I think that's what's been the hardest. I think to be great at anything, you experience that windy road that it takes you. And it I think a lot of times it's not what we imagined it to be, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily how you set out, but I think there's really beauty in the journey. And I was much older when I realized that, you know, I thought so much about the end goal and, you know, got to get this gold medal. Like that's what it's all about. And then when I got it, it's like, wow, hmm, this doesn't, it doesn't feel how I thought it was going to feel. And it took me a while to understand, like, what is that? You know, why? And it's because of the journey. It's because the magic is along the way. Like, don't miss that. Don't miss those gems, you know? (laughs) Don't be so consumed by that desire that it's going to be all good. Because when I won that gold medal, I came back home and everything was the same. So, you know, it's big stuff. (laughs) People usually ask, what advice would you give to your younger self? 
I'm going to flip the script on you. What advice do you wish that your younger self would give to you now? Mm. Take time to enjoy the moments, be present, and, and still have fun. I think sometimes a lot of it becomes work and you get removed from the passion of it all and that excitement. And because, you know, I think what a lot of us do is really intense and um, that can be hard. And going back to that, you know, I try to reconnect to my purpose a lot and, and that helps me, but not to get so consumed um, that I don't take the time and the space to really enjoy the moments, but also still have fun while I'm in the process of whatever mm. I'm, you know, attacking. I want to hang out with her, my younger <laughs> self. She sounds fun. Yeah. Play, play. Yeah. Competition can be so scary for so many people. Mm-hmm. What do you say to people who are scared of it or to someone who loves to run and is considering to run their very first race? What would you say to that person? Yeah, I mean, I think I definitely understand that everyone is not like me. They're they're not this crazy competitive, like, gotta win everything. And that it is scary. You might have had, like, a negative experience with some competition in, in elementary school or whatever. Your relationship with competition might not be a great one. And I think, again, it is removing yourself from this idea of I'm competing with another person and really having a relationship with yourself in competition. And I think even... The way that you frame and the way that you speak to yourself is really important surrounding that and just understanding, like, what is the goal? Like, why am I competing? Is it so that my health is better? Is it so that I'm more active? And I think once you have a goal and, you know, if you push yourself to, if you're a runner, a better time or whatever, it's understanding that it's more of a process than who's going to win or who's going to lose. And I know like when you're on the bike or you're looking at the leaderboard and it can be a lot, uh, turn it off sometimes, like if that's what you need to do, but look at how you're bettering yourself. And for people who, you know, might be considering doing their first race, I think you just start small. You don't have to have some wild expectations. Like you just get out there and you see what's your starting point. Like you see what happens. And then that's that's great. You go up from there, whatever that is. And maybe you love it and it's your thing. And maybe it's not your thing. And you're just out there and you're enjoying the moment and you're present. I think we just all have a different relationship and that's perfectly fine. Allison Felix, thank you so much for joining us. And you know, I got to end on this. Sister, girlfriend, you have been killing the looks. The looks. I've seen you on the night shows and on the Instagrams and on the covers of the magazines and everything. Your Met Gala look, you won the night for me. You won the night for me. There there was nobody else there. You were the only one. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. You're far too kind. It's been really fun, though, to like, you know, take off the workout gear, slip slip into something nice and switch it up for once. (laughs) It's so fun to see the many sides of you. So, So keep killing us with the looks and inspiring us. Thank you so much, Allison. Of course. Okay, so I know that each of us are normal people. And Allison Felix is not of us. She is Allison Felix. But Allison Felix is telling us to start small. She's telling us to just try. She's telling us to keep it fun and to make sure that we don't make winning the end game. She's telling us to build a relationship with competition. And I love that so much. 
What does a relationship with competition look like for you? All right, y'all, it's time to turn on, tap in, and tune in to Toonday's Final Thoughts. I think about what Jen said about competition and making it a game, allowing competition to be a new form of play. I think about what Allison spoke to and creating these bite-sized pieces, these really digestible moments of competition so that it doesn't seem as daunting as heavy. I mean, I think that as not only a trainer, but as a coach, when I allow myself to physically explore competition in a healthy and positive way, it allows me to show up better, which ultimately allows me to bring that out of the people who are showing up with me every single day. Look, look, there are moments where I'm in a class and I get a a beautiful breath of second wind, we'll call it. And my energy's up, my endorphins are up. And I find myself in that moment competing with myself, working harder than maybe I thought I was going to work in that particular class. And I think the beautiful thing about those moments is that the people within that class feel that and they rally to that type of energy. And so it's like this continuum. It's like this rapid fire effect where someone within that class clings on to my energy and then the rest of the leaderboard follows suit. You know, we've we've talked a lot about the leaderboard today and I think that The leaderboard is such a beautiful motivator. I know it's so easy to get caught up in the numbers and to compare yourself against not only the other people on the leaderboard, but against yourself. I think the idea is like letting go of what was and not focusing too heavily on what isn't. It's so easy to compare ourselves to where we were last year, five years ago, maybe on the team 10 years ago. It's so easy to get caught up in where we want to be. Our goals for five months from now, a year from now, five years from now. Rather than focusing on what yesterday's best was or what we hope for tomorrow's best to be, I try to move into each, whether it's a class or my own personal workout, I try to move into it with the idea of giving the best that I can in that day. Yesterday, I logged into a 20-minute run with Adrian Williams. Shout out to Adrian. It was a 20-minute run. I walked the 20 minutes. There were moments where I took up the incline, like he said, and there were moments where I did not. Uh, there were moments where he said to run, and I said, no, I'd rather walk. And so I walked. It would have been very easy for me in that moment to doubt myself, uh, poorly of myself or even beat myself up but it was truly the best that I could give yesterday I patted myself on the back and I said Tunde you moved today and that was a win that was the best I could give in that day today's workout might be stronger tomorrow's workout might not but ultimately I show up within each day giving that day's best and understanding that that Day's best, that particular best, is good 
enough. Okay, so let's wrap up today with our weekly challenge. I am going to ask you to turn one of your workouts into a loving competition. If you take a class this week and find a moment that really pushes you or inspires you, send out high fives to anyone on the leaderboard, whether they're in front of you or behind you. Just send out the love. Once your mission is complete, I want to know about it. Find me at Tune to Tune Day and at One Peloton, hashtag fitness flip. You guys, for even more fun challenges just like this one and so much more, download the Peloton app to take all of our classes. It's a great day, y'all. Go out and be great. Fitness Lift is a production of Peloton Studios. It is produced by Amy S. Choi and Rebecca Lehrer of the Mashup Americans. Our senior producer is Sarah Pellegrini. Our development producer is Alana Levinson. And our production manager is Shelby Sandlin. Fitness Flip is sound designed by Pedro Rafael Rosado. Original music composed by Jen Kwok and Jody Shelton. Special thanks to Jen Cotter, Janie Herbert, Laura Petro, Amanda Hill, Danielle Mills, Tony Calandra, DJ John Michael, and Alexis Duncan. 